Blog Talk Radio. Welcome you all back for another week of shows. we got a couple shows going this week, and I know you're going to enjoy the guest I'm going to be bringing on the line in just a moment, um, because today I am going to be talking with Courtney A. Walsh. Now, many of you know Courtney, and yet you may not know that you know her. Because how you know Courtney is because you almost certainly have read her Dear Human meme on Facebook, which um, I'm sure we will no doubt read in a moment. But she wrote something very powerful about love, love being messy and how we came from unconditional love, but when we're down here on this earth, love can be messy and very human and divine all at the same time. And I'm totally summarizing what she has to say, but you are going to find that you know the heart of this person. Courtney has written a new book called Dear Human, A Manifesto of Love, Invitation, and Invocation to Humanity. And she talks a little bit in that book about how this meme took off. And then she shares more of her heart. And she shares and she shares and she shares and she flows. And she talks about any number of things that all resolve back to love. Love in different ways. Love in many ways. She just keeps deriving love. Courtney has quite an interesting background, as many of us do on the spiritual path. She has done many things. Um, She has been a professional writer and editor. She's spoken. She's done work for MTV and the National Park Service. Recently, I've seen her articles popping up in just about every spiritual magazine I can think of. Um, She's been in a number of spiritual magazines um, with her new book out. And she also wrote a previous book called Lipstick and Thongs in the Looney Bin. And so Courtney is quite the accomplished and free-flowing, heart-based individual all in one package. And I am just so delighted to bring Courtney on the show. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, Susan. What a beautiful tribute and introduction. I was like, ooh, that that lady sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Great to be here. (laughs) Well, 
You know, it really comes down to your heart. And it's true. We know your heart. And I know it. uh, probably a gazillion shows have opened out, opened the program with with reading Dear Human. And and at some point, um, you know, the original meme that you wrote. But there's a lot more to you than than that. I mean, there's a lot surrounding that one passage that just captured the attention of so many people. So so tell us, we're going to do something fun today with your book, but right at the outset, I do want to give you the chance to tell us what you feel like sharing about you, just your heart and a little bit about the meme and how that came to be, because that is pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so <clears throat> I love that you're focusing on the heart-based and the free-flowing aspects of me because you know I talk a lot about how we're all multidimensional beings, yeah, and that we are we're in these conscious evolutionary times that we are really making the giant leap of the twelve inches between the head and the heart, and that's like so juicy and such a fun exploration, and it can be so wild and raw and <clears throat> vulnerable and. You know, we're also in these times of transparency and emotional authenticity, which is so new. It's like we're these spiritual pioneers, and we're yeah. really paving paving new ways. And it's funny to me because, you know, I once said to my dad, I never thought I'd be doing this, you know. As, <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to be when you grow up? The poster uh-huh. child for this or that or the other thing, you know, like I just – I guess I have, I was surrounded by a lot of leaders and, <clears throat> and new thought thinkers. And, yeah. you know, my Nana was a, she was a chemist at Harvard Medical for many years back in the 1940s. So, she, you know, when people ask me, well, where do your feminist values come from? I say they come mm-hmm. from the strong women in my family. My mom's yeah. an artist who, you know, a painter who went back to college when she was 50 and got her degree. And, you know, I just, I really appreciate people who are ahead of their time and they often are misunderstood or misinterpreted or, you know, they, they're chaotic and they stir the pot. So I think it was, you know, Gandhi, not that I'm comparing myself to Gandhi, but I do love this when he says, first they ignore you, then they mock you, then they fight you, then you win. So I think for me, Dear Human has really brought up a lot of those energies of resistance and relief and, profound, you know, comfort and also real challenge. So it's done that for me as a personal individual. It's done that seemingly for the collective. It's hit a nerve. You know, when we first started putting together the press releases and information, I believe that likes and shares were about 10 million, and that was pretty cool. And now it's really up to about 50 50 million, Susan, which is like, what? I can't even (laughs) – I can't even wrap my head around that, you know. So, oh my you know, gosh, that is me and that McDonald's, is astonishing. You know? <laughs> Billion serves. You, you know, I guess you know you got to think of it though. It's just one person at a time, you know, one heart exactly. at a time, exactly. and and that's just like exactly. talking to one person, really. I mean, just repeat exactly. it, and everyone. Yeah, we're all you know, one. Exactly. Yeah, but we're also yeah. individuals. In fact, that's I'm. Yeah. I have to say this, you know. I don't know how we're going to flow through this interview. We're just going to flow with it because we have some we got fun it, ideas. Yeah, but yeah. one of the things that you bring up is something that's very near and dear to my own heart. And I want to, to emphasize it right at the outset because it, it comes out in this business of how many people are you touching, yeah. is that each and every one of those people, every soul 
is unique and and worthy of celebration and something that I'd like you to reflect upon, Courtney, and it comes through your own life and and you write about this, is, you know, we kind of get lost sometimes in this notion of, oh, we're all one. And there can be some, you know, you just forget who you are. And and I love how you celebrate who we are because, you know, why are we here? I mean, I'll ask you that question. You know, if we're not here to be (laughs) unique souls, why the heck did we even bother? We could just go being one somewhere else. You know, we're this co-creative being. So, so yes, please, please take that and go. Well, it's so funny. And, of course, we know there are no accidents but only magical synchronicities because that's actually what I've started my fourth book about, being a strong wow. me in the week. good. Yep. <laughs> so because I do think the oneness thing, just like the unconditional love thing, gets really bandied about and misunderstood and, Anytime any of these spiritual principles become a should, um, yeah. I'm out. You know, it doesn't work for me. So, but what does work for me with that is it, it really inspires me to move in another direction with it and go and explore it from another angle. So I agree with you. I think this whole like we're all one, we're all one. Yeah, we're not. We're all one, but we're not yeah. all the same. And yeah. so there's snowflakes and fingerprints and there's stars and grains of sand and and beating hearts and you're right so a friend of mine when you said that I really remembered she said she'd had a dream once that she died and that Uh she could see a like an image of a globe and she saw all these light stuff out almost like George Bailey in uh it's a wonderful life like how many lives Uh you touch without even knowing it you know and so she realized that like she may have been in despair at that moment or feeling like she didn't matter or her place wasn't important, but she knew that her light lit all these other candles, all these other hearts. And so yeah. it may sound sort of corny and goofy, but it really is true that we are interwoven and there's wonderful sort of indigenous and native American uh, understandings about this. We are all woven. We're all part of a bigger tapestry or web, whatever you want to call it. And yes, we are also individuals. We're individual sparks of that greater light. And it's important that we hold in balance, again, this me and we concept. Because yeah. if you lean too yeah. far in one direction or the other, that's when chaos ensues and, and we lose our harmony. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's the key, the balance that you talk about. It's not that we totally forget the oneness. It's, it's an integration. It's, and, and, you know, I almost think, and I wonder what you would say to this, it's almost hard to put into words where that balance is is it's so profound and, and yet there there are so many things that that elude sometimes our own conceptualization and yet we know it and and in our hearts we know that we have worth you know as these unique individuals and 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 I think you that many of us can feel that yeah you watch a kid for example and they're jumping in a pool and they're doing all kinds of tricks and they're going, watch this, watch this, watch this, look at me, look at me, watch this, watch this. And nobody really says be humble, don't be so braggy or so full of yourself. They just watch the kid doing these tricks and then delighting in the discovery or even just an infant like in love with their own toes, right? So we come in knowing our worth. We come in feeling whole and worthy and deserving and then we get it kind of trained or beaten or were shamed out of us. And so that's yeah. the stuff that I'm kind of unweaving and reminding us all like, oh, no, hey, you know what? I want you to self-celebrate. 
I want you to, I mean, we don't have to go to the level of like, say a Trump or something, but you know, I want people. <laughs> that's a I different guy. <laughs> yes. That's a whole other ball game. We're not going to get into that. Today, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, that's, yeah, that's another dimension is what that is. So, so, but I well, do, you I, know, we might address women. that in a different way in terms Maybe. of um, how you can, Come well, in the sense that we'll, we'll hit that later about how you yeah. can get down yeah. on certain things in the world, you know, or yes. maybe we'll hit it now. I don't know, but I want to touch well, one thing. Well, I find it, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. I find it very comical and also terrifying, uh-huh. and I find it just showing us where our vibration as a planet is. That's all. And and we don't have yeah. to get into shaming or blaming or judging Mr. Trump. You know, he's a person, exactly. too, and he's one of... One of, you know, the universe's creations. He's showing us things. He's a portal. I think he's a portal for lots of energies that move through him at a very speedy basis. And uh-huh. I would also say that I'm, I, I have this theory that, like, there's portals and then there's channels. And channels can be more open to celestial information. And portals can be more open to, like, just the kind of any dial on the radio that's that's hitting them. So he's probably, like a very intuitive guy he uses that in his business. He uses that in, in his strategy and how he works the media and everything. And he probably is incredibly uh, savvy in those ways. What I feel like he's whipping up is, is some more of the, it's easy to look at and just polarize it, but some of the darker um, shadowy instincts that humanity has of separation, of fear, of duality, of, um, the haves and the have-nots and everything. So he's representing something like Hitler represented something, like Jesus represented something, like Mother Teresa represented something, going on and on and on, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes I think, and, and you know, I know you reflect on, on how even your original meme talks about, you know, we came from unconditional love. And I think sometimes when we reflect upon a Trump, you know, how are they serving us in a way? Because one of the things I think he's showing is, gosh, there are a lot of people who are dissatisfied vaguely with yeah. the what is. And and it's expressing yep. itself through um, agreeing maybe, and not even really agreeing. I don't know that, the, that people really agree. I, I just sense this with people, just this vague dissatisfaction. And, and, and you really address that. So at a at a soul level, at a living truthfully your purpose and, and being real kind of a level, what is that saying and, and what can we do? You know, there are people listening to this show from all, this is not a metaphysical channel. There is easily, everybody, anybody can tune in right now and, and can be listening from many different um, viewpoints and non-spiritual, but when you have that, sense of all is just not right with however you're flowing through life or you know just it's not right that not rightness what do you do (laughs) it's funny that's great that's awesome because you're just giving me such a light bulb moment I don't have that anymore I Uh had that for about the first 33 34 years of my life and then somehow after turning the corner 40 I, I'm not saying I don't get restless and I'm not saying that I'm perfectly a hundred percent all yeah. the time satisfied with my life, but I yeah. have more of a hope and a, and a feeling of well-being. I think I went from Debbie Downer to Pollyanna. This is something I do in my workshops with people. Now I go, okay, tell me the story of your life in Debbie Downer voice and, and with uh-huh. Debbie Downer filter. Then I make them do it in Pollyanna and Pollyanna filter. And I'm really now somewhere just way in the middle, like solidly in the middle of those extremes. Um, but I don't feel 
that not rightness anymore with the world. I feel like everything as as it should be and not in some divine new age, airy, fairy, fluffy, unicorns, farting <laughs> rainbows, you know, um, yeah. like denial yeah. head in the sand way. But I feel like, okay, it does all serve. It is all, whether you want to say soul contracts or karma or a higher plan or our vibrational yeah. manifestations, it's, it's all <clears throat> what it needs to be. That doesn't mean we don't get frustrated with parts of it or, annoyed or hurt or um, angry or want to be activists and change things. But I'm more on the, the line of alchemy and going inward and, and uh, shifting things rather than outwardly trying to change other people's behaviors, which to me was just a dead end. And so, you know, that's, that's a, I think that's an emotional maturity and spiritual maturity thing. I'm, I'm in, in this moment, like moving forward. Yeah. It's not something I have by any means mastered or, or totally thoroughly tackled but it's something I'm playing with lately the edges of you know what it's it's not all right and it's not all wrong again that's sort of like extremes right it's it's I am I am much more a hopeful optimist about the way the world is going I don't feel like it's going to hell in a handbasket I think we've had many cycles many evolutionary yeah. cycles where we've peaked and where we've bottomed out where civilizations have risen and fallen. And I just see it from the bird's eye view, I guess, maybe the Eagle who's in the trade winds going, Oh, that one again, or that program or that story or that energy or that incarnation or that role or that, you know, so I get a little um, lovingly detached from it. I'm fully engaged and passionate about it as well at the same time, but I don't get caught up in the illusion of the story. I think the matrix was a really great film series for reminding us, you know, that we're in the driver's seat, but we're also in a co-creation position as well at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's really important right now because I know that um, it's really easy to have our buttons pushed right now in multiple ways. I mean, oh, I mean just just <laughs> constantly. But and, and this election thing is getting to a lot of people. I mean, it's just really, I, 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 both of us circulate in the, in the, the online spiritual community, you know, we kind of watch what people are posting and different, and we can see, I mean, and sometimes it pushes our own buttons. I mean, we're, it pushes mine sometimes too, but I know what you're saying because when well, I'm you know out what, here's, there, here's, yeah, here's, I, I know what you're saying. We're, we're kind of away from it. <clears throat> I mean, there's something better. Yeah. yeah. I feel like here's an example. So what you just said is perfect to show us, um, you know, and even an example from the book that I can bring in that uh-huh. we have the mainstream media and then we have like the holistic world and the mainstream media is so doom and gloom that it's like Debbie Downer on crack. And yeah. then you have the holistic world, which is so sometimes you know, the world, the term that gets thrown around is spiritual bypassing. Like, okay, well, you're just going to pretend everything's okay and not ever get out of bed or try to change anything. Cause everything's fabulous. So stay in your pajamas and chant and, and, you know, hug your crystals. No, no, no. It's something in between where we believe in a more hopeful, innovative, musical, artistic, um, unified community, but also, again, celebrating the individual. Like, we're, we're, you know, we're not going into this hive mind thing where everyone has the same, but we're also not as much in the let's all kill each other for God. You know, there's still pockets yeah. of that on the planet, but that's diminishing and, um, you know, I feel like there's just death throes as the old way, like, leaves the building. Yeah. I've likened it in the book. There's an example talking about uh, how patriarchy, there's that loaded word, 
is like the old man in the room in the hospice room and he's about to die. And there's a lot of solemn, sad, scared people in that room because their benevolent or tyrant king is, is heading out the door and they don't know what their world is going to be like without this, you know, leader, love, love him or hate him. And then in the other room, there's like people with balloons and flowers and confetti because a baby girl is about to be born and they don't know what she's going to be like. So there's a lot of uncertainty and unknowns and there's a lot of straddling these worlds of the world that's dying that, that should die and is outdated. And then the world that hasn't yet been born, but we're excited because we've seen glimpses of it and we've yeah. felt like little, little like sort of, you know, oasis on the horizon, the shimmering there and, and calling us forward. So we really are just straddling these rooms and moving back and forth between you know, kind of the funeral and, and the birth announcement. Yeah. How can you best describe, Courtney, and I know you do in your book, your experience of everyday magic that that gives you those glimpses, that keeps you focused on, hey, this is a quantum leap because I'm living it here. You know, I'm living it. And and I think more of us are seeing this. How How do you describe <laughs> your experience of the magic? I describe it as, <clears throat> 10 or 20 years ago when I was going to either card readers or psychics or mediums, it was kind of on the down low. And now I've got like a fireman coming to me, a school teacher, a psychologist. I have some of these people are my clients and I'm doing these intuitive readings and sessions and counseling where we're looking at their karmic blueprints or agreements or their programs that might be holding them back. So these are very mainstream people who are scientific-based people or people who would have been incredibly skeptic 10, 15, 20 years ago are now really curious because of The Secret, because of Oprah, because of Eckhart Tolle, because of Wayne Dyer, because of the people who, you know, Marion Williamson, Deepak, the people who have paved the way, the people who've opened those doors in our consciousness and said, hey, guess what? There's more. There's so much more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's how I gauge it. That's how I could measure it is, knowing that, you know, we were much more in the closets with our broomsticks before and our crystals and our tanning <laughs> and feeling, you know, because we're feeling mocked or persecuted oh, or, yes. or, again, you know, misunderstood or judged. or dismissed. You know, judged <laughs> yes. and missed is kind of almost the worst, right? And um, and now we're kind of like people are coming to us going, hey, you've been on this path a little bit ahead of the road, not ahead or behind, but you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you've cut a field through the woods with the machete. What Where are the shortcuts? Where are the thorns? Where are the... Where the loopholes and um, how to and the stumbling blocks and and can you help and can you guide and or a river guide where where are the rapids the deepest and where you know and and it's not like we have their answers we just have some answers and they have to find their own yeah yeah you know Courtney I think that that there are so many people on this page right now who are just hesitant every every person has a certain degree that they're willing to reveal. They're on this path of, of revealing who they are. And I think you help. You're a, you're a way shower in that way. But what I tend to find more and more is this odd thing occurring. And maybe this is happening to you too, not even just with your such. It's just suddenly discover these people around you um, because maybe they visit your Facebook page. You're a little more out there than I am. But then you find out, hey, you know, I'm on this page too. I've been thinking about these things. And I've had this experience. And it's like, wow, people that are just, you know, regular, so-called, I put this in quotes, regular people. Like, what is a regular person? It turns out regular is what we are. That is regular. I mean, 
we we are supposed to be these spiritual beings and, and experiencing magic. And yet, but yes, people are suddenly coming out of the woodwork. I am finding this too. And and even people I've known, acquaintances acquaintances that you don't even realize that that you know they're into this or they're coming into this, and it's like wow. Well, you know how there is okay. So you know how dear humans kind of hit a wave, and <clears throat> and the secret hit a wave, and and you know the power of now and things like that. Also, yeah. we got to give a shout out to J.K. Rowling who hit a wave with magic and muggles. Okay, yeah, you know, got everybody with that. Yes, huge. That was huge. That was a big turning point, and and we may yes. see it as just these nice stories that got kids reading again, just like we would see Fifty Shades of Grey as maybe not, you know, the most edifying or culturally enriching things, but they got people, especially maybe women who were repressed or afraid to talk about sex with their partners or their husbands or their crushes, you know, to be more open and say, oh, well, that's interesting, or what do you think about that, or I wouldn't go there, but, you know, like testing edges and boundaries and having Uh new dialogues and new conversations. So there's a lot of, I like the matrix. It's just a lot of things that are peeling back, you know, conditioned responses or fears and opening up new ways of interacting and and dialoguing there's still fear holding us back around looking weird or being judged but it's now it's more cool it's kind of more cool to be you know someone who's exploring these things and open to because our parents generation or my parents generation my grandparents generation I remember saying to my dad when I was about 14 I said well, it's not like I had a choice. You just decided I was Catholic when I was born, and that was it. And you sprinkled some water on my head, and what if I wanted to be Buddhist? He's like, <laughs> he goes, Buddhist? What are you talking about? That's not who we are. That's not what we're about. And this was a very open-minded liberal man, but because of the time and era and way he was raised, like Catholic was just it. That was the only obvious choice, and how could you expand yeah. into anything else? You were born into Catholic, and you died Catholic, you know? So, you know, it's just funny because you're asking a great question about do you see more mainstream people getting more spiritual? And I don't think that's it. I think we're getting less religious. I think we're getting less brainwashed and conditioned and more curious about, of course, those questions have been since the dawn of time, since before organized religion. You know, where do we come from? Why are we here? Where are we going? Those are big questions that have knocked around, you know, in, in the times of the hieroglyphics in Egypt and all the way up to, you know, Steve Jobs and, and the iPhone. And they will continue to morph and evolve, and we will continue to, to grow with them. And there's people who really maybe they don't want to expand their horizons, and that's okay, too. They come here for a different experience, and we don't judge that. And they're not asleep, and they're not sheeple, and they're not, you know unconscious they're just people who come here for a different frequency or a different vibe or a different um purpose and you know we all have a place we all do it's back to that individual being a me and the we you know i'm noticing this thing where um when people have been reflecting on these things or if it's a scientist for example one of my scientist friends who suddenly starts talking about this cool stuff because i'm safe you know, it's safe to talk to yeah. me, or it's safe to talk to Courtney. It's safe to talk. Yeah. It's safe to go and have a session with you and talk to you. Yeah, because, I look like the girl you know, next door. I don't have like a permit. <laughs> yeah, and you sound, you know, you sound really pretty down to earth and easy to talk to, right? And so, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and but it feels so good, doesn't it? I mean, it's yeah. just like. Yeah. Oh, my 
my gosh. It's like it just comes, you know, suddenly you can just share it because it's just been bottled up. And I think a lot of people have this. There are listeners out there right now, I can guarantee it, have it kind of bottled up within them. And it's like, what do you do with this? And this magic I've seen, these synchronicities, oh, my God, this is impossible. <laughs> and, you know, who do you talk to? And and yeah, now we yeah. can talk to each other. Yeah. Oh, it's part of a a Bravo or Lifetime or something like that um, series where I don't know if it, I think our stuff, some of our stuff made the cutting room floor, so I don't know if I ever, ever hit the light of day, but there was this one guy in Boston uh-huh. who had a real, like, very, you know, we, some of us have the gentle flow, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 year awakening. He had a, um, being electrocuted in his car by his car battery when working on his car awakening and all of his senses uh-huh. opened up. Like, you're not talking just your sixth sense. We're talking about he was clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, wow. you know, clair everything. He he was just, it was like they fried his circuits, you know. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so we were all in a, a bunch of us were invited in to sit in the room, people who were intuitives or psychics or empaths or mediums and clairaudient. And I kind of identify with a, like a smorgasbord of a little bit of all of those so we were kind of counseling and guiding him on how to ground this energy because it was like being hit by lightning, right? And yeah. it was blowing up his marriage. It was dissolving his finances. And, and, you know, a lot of light workers have areas where we have those issues of finances and romance and stuff. I call it the finance romance dance. So, so he just, like, just was brought online all at once. No gradual, no life experiences, just all at once. And he was be able. He was sort of so wide open that that's probably what's happening in mental wards, right? Like people who are considered schizophrenic, a shaman would go into a mental ward and say, "That's not a schizophrenic. That's a healer in the making. That's somebody rebirthing. Yeah. That's somebody going through a spiritual emergency or an awakening crisis. They need to be nurtured through that, not numbed through it, you know, or not um, judged for it." So, yeah, I found. I've found in the last 15 to 20 years on my own personal journey and the friends that I've encountered along the way that there's degrees of how much and how fast and how open we are. And then I also have a friend's son who's younger. They, they come in with um, less conditioning. And he said, well, it's not really so much that some people are gifted and some aren't. He said it's that some people are born with less cosmic forgetting and more cosmic memory intact than others. Uh-huh. So I would say that's the truth for a lot of people who then seem very gifted or very, you know, otherworldly or is that person an alien? Are they this? Are they that? Are they an angel? No, they're just a human on who's using more of their, their capacity for energy, understanding energy dynamics, understanding and translating, you know, messages from spirit or, you know, being able to tap into other dimensional realities and, and timelines. And we can all do it. We all have that ability or capacity. But it depends on are you growing up, A, in an environment that's safe where that's fostered and encouraged, or is it shame-mocked and, and, you know, kind of really judged and feared? Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people talk about observing children, and they just seem like, you know, the new kids. And and I actually have kind of a question to ask about this because sometimes I wonder, Courtney, when we really mm-hmm. think back to who we were as best we can recall when we were children, mm. I used to yeah. think about time all the time. I used to talk to my future self. I did all kinds of stuff. Like, I mean, what if we've always been the new kids? It's just there's been a little bit more 
suppression of society. And now what we're doing more and more is nurturing what we are and always have been and always could be. And so that new kid is in us, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I I know that um, Esther Hicks, who channels the group called Abraham, talks about the new kids on the block and how Uh these ones, they just come in with less resistance and less programming, right? Same thing like what my friend's son said. And I, another friend's son, when he was about four, said, Mommy, I remember being in a line, and I, there were other kids there and other moms there, and I picked you. And he's so Oh, that's great. Like, right. Oh, that's crazy, nice. right? So cute. And I remember I nannied for many years, and one of the, for twins, as a matter of fact, and so one of the, the girls that I nannied for would consistently tell a story. Now, she was only about two or three, about my other uh-huh. life in the blue house. When I lived in the blue house. And wow. so we, you know, we, often people will say, oh, that's great. They have such imagination, whatever. Uh-huh. And now they're just tuning into different timelines and realities. I have a friend right now, her daughter is four. And she goes, Courtney, where's your husband? I said, I don't know, honey, you tell me. She goes, I, I said, what's his name? And she goes, Grady. I said, okay, Grady, interesting. And where is Grady right now? Grady is at the store buying you a dog and some horses. I said, well, Grady sounds very thoughtful. Tell me more about Grady. Where does he live? Well, he lives with you in your house, Courtney. <laughs> I go, so she's going on and on and riffing about this Grady person and uh-huh. who he is. And, you know, Grady's not fat, but he has a big belly. And just talking like a four-year-old, right? Like uh-huh. so uh-huh. fresh and raw and innocent. And I'm laughing and I'm thinking it's totally adorable. And I'm trying to encourage her and ask her more questions, but also not like overwhelm or bombard her with it. And then um, I said, finally, I said, honey, is this someone from this lifetime or another lifetime? She goes, another lifetime. I said, okay, thank you. Wow. wow. Well, she answered so, you, didn't she? <laughs> she did, very clearly. Oh, she always has an Just answer. matter right. of fact. She never has yeah. to search for an answer. She's totally tuning into something. You know, I uh-huh. don't know who Brady is or where he is or what he's about, but she always knows where he is and what he's doing. And, you know, you think about, well, when people would say, oh, when you were little you had an imaginary friend. Now you were probably talking to somebody's dead person or somebody's spirit guide or some, you know, version of yourself in another reality or timeline. It sounds kooky, but yeah, kids are super way more tuned in and less um, afraid of these, the information they get, put it that way. We have doubt, we have fear, we have self-judgment. We don't, we don't want to look weird or stupid or crazy. They are just very matter of fact, exactly down to earth and matter of fact about it all. It's cute and it's fun. Yeah. You know, Courtney, you reflect a lot about time, and, and something you say is something, another thing after my own heart in a way, is that it's all, it's really, it all converges. You know, we get really stuck yes. with these notions yes. of linear linear time, like even the notion of a past life or, you know, or yep. what about yep. future lives, that the, you know, but, but is there a past? Is there a future? And what about, you know, these, this conception which can get esoteric or is it is it esoteric to think of time as all converging and it's not what we think it is it's definitely not what we think it is it's definitely um when i find i meet people who are super time bound and they're into their calendars or their or their alarm clock i know that they're in a certain relationship with time that is something that i've never had you know um, yeah. And that's okay. I'm not judging that. I just, it's sometimes maybe a little bit harder for me to relate because I'm the mistress of my own time for the most part. And um, so it's not linear, right? It's a spiral. If you want to get into looking at it from a quantum 
or a shape perspective that we can understand with our human minds. It's, and it's, it's, yes, it's converging is a great word, multidimensional thing, things sort of shooting off in all different directions. And, and it's, I don't even know, like there was that great movie with um, Justin Timberlake about how time was like, like we value money here. So they would get uh-huh. time was a currency, time was a currency and they would get banks of time and years and days and months and hours as we get money. And I often feel that way. I feel like we all get the same, whatever, 86,000 seconds a day. How are you going to spend them? How are you going to invest them? How are you going to share them with people? Are you going to live for someday, which doesn't exist? It's not a day on the calendar. Are you going to wait for your retirement? Are you going to wait for the next 10 pounds you've lost? Are you going to wait forever to do the things you want to do? Are you going to wait till you feel safe? Are you going to take those risks and not let time basically not be times, you know, slave. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, people feel very oppressed by time and money. People feel very uh, oppressed by time and money. And it comes up over and over and over again. I don't have enough time for that. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. Well, okay. So let's look at abundance models. And I fall into these traps too. I'm not immune. Let's look at abundance models and let's look at longevity and um, quality of how, you know, quality time. It's a great phrase, quality time, right? Yeah. And it it's, is. it's yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Courtney, you know, I reflect about having been in the professional world and then I went off for most, well, don't to get into, but, you know, being in a more free ex- exploratory place with my life mm-hmm. and contrasting the two is that it saddens me, Courtney, that and you hear the commercials all the time, planning for your retirement. You know, what are you going to do yeah. when you retire? Well, you know, <laughs> how about living? How do we learn to, to live Powerball. now? That's our, you know, my dad I mean, Powerball. That's our retirement plan. I was like, Jesus, Dad, that's great. <laughs> yeah, and and I feel sad. I'm out in nature in the middle of the day, and we talk. Yeah among ourselves those of us who are are walking and we work we do work we do work in the world i mean in some ways we certainly do work it's just different and and you know you feel like gosh you know so many we're we're missing something and you can feel it you can feel the dissatisfaction and you can also feel oh people God. awakening to it and and, well, and how do we transition how do we create I guess it's just let one person say, at a yeah. time. Go ahead. Answer. Yeah. Let, me, let me say I, <laughs> I have myself. to clarify before people start getting enraged with both of us. I was in the yeah. corporate realm for decades yeah. and did the yeah. time punch in, punch out. I did the trading hours for dollars. I did the, yeah. I did the you know, wearing clothes I didn't want to wear and, and talking to people I didn't want to talk to and being drained and bored and, and exhausted and soul sucked. I did it. So I get why why I and why anyone else would get caught in that trap thinking that was the way you earned your way through life, the way you paid for, you know, life. And I by no means cracked the time or the money codes. I'm just very clear on that. Um, yeah. What I have yeah. realized is that um, I'd rather, I guess, you know, people who are really time or money bound are very security driven and I'm very freedom driven. So I think once yeah. I accepted that about myself, I realized I was going to feel insecure about um, earthly things like, you know, for a while maybe and, and have to be okay with that and make peace with that. Or I was going to have to do the whole sell your soul for a job you hate to pay for things you don't really want or need. 
So I'm more experience oriented. I am more, you know, and, and this said, I'm now like leaning in the other direction of like buffering that root chakra and wanting more security and stability. Cause I've been kind of on the road for the last two or three years, yeah. you know, getting yeah. things motivated for the book and, going from one place to another where I guess I was needed and my vibe was needed and puzzle pieces are being exchanged. And so I see it now from a higher perspective, but it can really blow out your, your fear centers of like, you know, feeling like that your basic needs for food and shelter and consistent, you know, stable roots, I guess. Yeah. Of just like you, if you're a gypsy, you think roots are like shackles. Right. But if you're, yeah. if you're more of a, you know, cosmic being, you know that a home base gives you that freedom and security to be able to, you know, have a place to park your stuff and then go out and do your free bird social butterfly thing and then come back and do your replenishment hermit, you know, cocoon thing. And that that to me is the best of both worlds right now. Yeah. You know, I think so, Courtney, many of yeah. us are looking for just the right balance. I think there are people out there who feel that, 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 you know, they don't want to sell their soul, but they still want a certain amount of security. And finding that balance, you know, how how do they flow into that? With because you can go too far, you can you can totally be ungrounded, or you can, you know, it, it's this is not to me the easiest because I don't know the answer. I think we're all trying to to kind of flow into whatever the answer is, and and you seem to have found something too. And and I know people are just asking, how do we really get to that place of balance? Well, so a friend who is a very creative graphic designer sat me down after I wrote my first book, and he's like, what do you do for health insurance? And I was like, yeah. dude, <laughs> health insurance for me is like, be happy, then you'll be healthy. Yeah. And if you're going to a job where you're unhappy most of the time, I was so sick all the time when I was in the yeah. corporate environment. I had sinus infections. I had bronchitis. I had you know, pretty much clinical depression every day. I felt gross inside my own uh-huh. skin. And now I certainly am not like, you know, again, haven't figured all that out, but I've been relatively healthy for a while since that I've, you know, moved and done more entrepreneurial kind of driven things. And it can be dicey sometimes. Sometimes I'm really like backed into a corner going, how am I going to pay this bill or how am I going to do that thing? And, you know, I manifest and it usually works out and I have helpful friends who are, you know, kind and generous and, and I do my best, and I haven't, you know, there's yeah. some really yeah. amazing, badass, kick-ass spiritual entrepreneurs out there who are raking it in and doing amazing. I think that's great. Good for them. Um, and then there are people who are just like, I can't afford to go get a pizza this week because I have to pay my light bill. So, it's yeah, you're right. What's that happy medium of follow your dreams and yeah. also, you know, pay your bills? <laughs> Right. That question daily, Susan. Like daily. Oh, it's common. I I know. Yes. Yeah. So I don't have like a cookie cutter answer because everybody's journey is going to be different with that. But it's like look at your relationship with time, with money, with authority. Look at your relationships with how what messages you were given as a child about all these things about you know earning your way. What is your work ethic based on? Is it based in fear? Is it based in love? Are you contributing your light to the planet? Or are you doing things just to get by? And, I mean, I'm not saying that we're not all doing some combination of those things right now. As, again, we sort of straddle these realities, the dying one and the birthing one. I think we all could just lighten up about it a little and realize that, you know, I have one friend, she's like, I'm $6,000 in credit card debt. I go, yeah, and there are people who 
have lost their homes and there are people who are losing their homes to tornadoes and earthquakes and whatever, and we're all doing okay. And then are you talking to me on an iPhone right now? And I'm not trying to shame her. I'm just reminding her that the panic she's putting herself in, and believe me, I get there. I do. It's not valid. Yeah, I get it. You know? Yeah. It's, It's just based in something other than what's really going on. Yeah. Fear. Here. You know, I think I think something that that comes through so many lives is is we we lose sight of what we really really value and just how important it is to have that feeling of wellness. I get yeah. that. I get that end of the day just dragging feeling and and um and then also the contrasting feeling of oh my gosh I can't you know I could work till two a.m. and it feels just great you know and <laughs> and and, yeah. and, um, and not you know not in any um it, it, it's not psychological or anything like yeah. that but just and it's the way it is because all, yeah. yeah energetically we're all bipolar right. Yeah, so I was going to say, old, see, people old, will quickly, notice how I reacted to that, because people will quickly slap a label on that. That's why I'm, I'm going not, with that. That's why I'm going to yes, poke that one. I'm exactly. going to poke it. Because that's one of the diagnoses that got thrown at me, and I threw it back. I said, no, thank you. Because uh-huh, then I would joke, uh-huh. I'd be like, you know, oh, bipolar for amateurs, I'm multipolar. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but that. no, we have these cycles that. of energy. We have these cycles of energy where we feel really kind of fluttery, and, and we're tuning uh-huh. into you know, the higher energy and the higher vibrations and tones and frequencies. And then we have times where we're exhausted, maybe because we are processing those energies through our bodies. You want to say we're changing from carbon to crystalline or our bodies are learning to hold more light or however woo-woo or out there or quantum you want to get with it. And then other times it's like literally the fuel we're putting in our vehicles. Like, okay, did I have a green drink this morning or did I have my coffee? Notice what my body's doing, what it's telling me. What are my natural biorhythms throughout the day. Where do I feel the peaks and the valleys, you know, and where, what, through the month, where do I feel the sad and the, and the ecstatics and the bliss and the peace and the frustration where, you know, what are my individual patterns of how I walk with energy? Yeah. 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 You know, you really hit on something important too, is that, that just because, um, when people become, I feel, more empathic sometimes, yeah. is that you can feel drained sometimes. Like like yeah. if, I'm, oh, yeah. if I'm wandering through LAX, for example, um, it has nothing oh, to yeah. do with if I'm tired from, from whatever I've been doing there. It's because yeah. of the energy. I, I take it on somehow. I don't know what it yeah. is about that place. <laughs> but there well, do you remember the Celestine Prophecy? It might just be your thought. Oh, yes. Too, oh, yes. Yeah. So, okay, so Celestine Prophecy does a wonderful visual depiction of energy exchange and where uh-huh. we feel uplifted and energized and like our tanks are being filled and we're giving each other energy and where we're feeling siphoned and drained and exhausted and where we're leaking energy and power. And I love that. For that reason, that whole movie just seeing the, the few scenes where that was shown by some brilliant, um, you know, special effects people was powerful to me because I think that's where we're going. If you want to know where I think we're going with yeah. all this stuff, both mainstream and holistic, is a greater understanding of energy and interpersonal dynamics on the emotional and spiritual levels because we've done it intellectually. We've yeah. done it um, sexually. We've done it with you know, sort of power grabs back and forth. 
And now we're, like you said in the beginning of the show, doing it in a more heart-based and free-flowing way. Yes. So cool. You know, this show's going by so fast. It's like my best laid plans. Or... <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to do another book? show with you. So... Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're touching on important things. And, and, you know, you talk about love, and I do not want to be to miss talking at least a little bit about relationships because you explore that a lot in your book. Yeah. And I know that, that you've interacted with with various people you talk about that that, that um have had an influence on you like like Ariel Ford and and Elizabeth Gilbert and, and different people who have and then your own way of just um you have a way of reflecting upon relationships. So so I wanna give you a chance without even I, I don't even know how to put this in a question except to just hand you the ball and say since we don't have a lot of time, you know, yeah. what do you have to share on your heart about about relationships? Because people are always asking and, and they're dealing with so many different things on that relationship curve. So okay, so it's the same kind of concept of the what's dying, what's being birthed. And so yeah. a relationship in the old sense is dying. And a partnership, a conscious partnership in the newer, more expansive sense is being born. However, to get into the one, we are shedding and cycling through the others, which means that we're moving through. We, you know, we had codependency kind of models. Then we had independence where it was like, I don't need anybody. I'm going to do this thing myself. I'm going to love myself. And that's it. Okay, that's nice. Uh-huh. Good luck with uh-huh. that. And now we're moving into interdependence where it's a combination of um, I need you, you need me, we need each other, I want you, I want, you know, you want me, we want each other. Let's do this until we decide that we're complete with it and then we can move on lovingly. We don't have to bash each other over the head with, you you know, you promised me this, that, and the other or you lied or whatever. Like we, it's just yeah. different now. It's different. We can have these, Conscious couplings and conscious uncouplings because we yeah. can learn that relationships, I said this recently in a couple of other things, but are like a class. And you take that class and you teach and you learn the lessons. You, you know, I love what we talked about before the show about that. You know, you're yeah. sharing information. You're exchanging puzzle pieces. You're going, hey, look at that. Or, hey, I found out about this. And then when you reach those impasses or those stagnant places, you have opportunities to either go deeper or to move along. Yeah. And so I've been thinking lately, you know, for example, about the different models of, oh, a good relationship is effortless and it just flows. And people are supportive of each other's dreams and you become the best version of yourself and you're twin flames and you're united and you're all shiny and then you have that third energy that inspires the world. Awesome. Let's sign me up for that. Let's sign us all uh-huh. up. <laughs> and then there's the other model of, okay, but relationships take work and it takes effort and you have to work on yourself and you have to learn your communication skills better. You have to shed old programs. You have to, you know, dig in and excavate and release and integrate and all this. And and that's draining, even just thinking about it. One sounds, again, very Debbie Downer and one sounds Pollyanna and the truth is, again, somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, I do often hear... We we do often hear that that other side so many times. Just just how much hard work, hard work, hard work, and you know it's repeated over and over and over again that that you know it's hard work, 
And and well, you know when I when I hear that, I want to say, well, wait a second. You know, where is the joy? I mean, yeah, that yeah. we're if we're missing something. <laughs> yeah, there's. I talk about you know wound mates and whole mates. Oh yes, I and, love that yeah. term. Yeah. Yes. And yes. so if you're in a dark space and you vibe somebody in who's also maybe not in their shiniest, best, healthiest, happiest place, you guys will walk through some mud together and you'll trigger each other and you'll be catalysts for each other and maybe you'll send each other on, on each other's way or maybe you'll rise in vibration and shine to a new space. That's, that's a decision that you have to make. And you said a great point about how honest are you going to be are with yourself? Are you going to be with yourself and the other person? I have women come to me and they're like, I can't tell my husband I came to talk to you. He wouldn't flip out. I'm like, well, wait uh-huh. a minute. Are we sacrificing baby chickens here right now? Or what are we, what are we, you know, how, how that's the man you live with, you sleep with, you share bills and life with, and you don't have a spiritual basis of connection. You don't have to agree on everything, but you have to have some openness and flow around, you know, that, this exists and I want to explore it. And if you want to join me, great. Or if you want to explore it in your way, that's cool too. But I can't hide this part of myself. I can't hide my spiritual seeking or my, yeah. my exploration yeah. journey from you. That's then we're not sharing a life. We're just, right. you know, co-partners or cohabiting or roommate roommates. And I get a lot of that. And women are hungry. Women are hungry for conscious men. We are dying for them to show up and meet us on the playing field. Dying. Oh, I believe that's true, and oh, and, and I really, yeah. I really do think that that there are a lot of situations, and I've certainly lived this in my life, at um, where where you're just you're you're not even communicating. I mean, you're in separate rooms. I mean, and and just yeah, just and and, and you know, actually. I'm honest in saying that I've lived that in different ways. I've actually lived that where it's worked in a way in the sense of, okay, you know, it's time to move on, you know, in a very honest, this is the way it is and it's time and this is great and we're going to, you know, and and it's a healthy moving on. And then there can be the way where it just goes on and on and on, you know, and it's like and, and nobody wants to acknowledge it. And so, and I think a lot of people are in that that mode of not wanting to acknowledge it, and you just kind of go on with it and on with it and on with it. And and um, I've certainly I'll raise my hand first. I've been there. And and so, um, you know, how do we become honest with with our our joy? You know, our finding our joy. I think if even for the other person, if you love that person, you know, help them yeah. to find their joy. That's when it's really beautiful. That's when you know you're really in a in a successful like decoupling kind of situation where it's like I want I want that person to find joy. You know, not just yeah. me. Let's both find it. This is what we need to do, and and then you're going to be friends. I mean, you're going to still and and you can't always, but um, you yes. feel that 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 you will hold on to that to some degree. I've, I've, maybe I'm wired differently because I often do. I'm, I don't stay friends with exes necessarily, yeah, but I, I do genuinely talk make, about that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I do genuinely depends. wish them well. I do genuinely yeah. want their happiness, whether it includes me or not. But I don't need. I think that's like ripping the band-aid well, over Well, you know, and over by friends, you know? not like day to day, but just the feeling like if you ran into the person, it would be fine. You know, kind of oh, thing. Yeah, not like different. it would be yeah, some, absolutely. and it would. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe there are degrees of that. I'm, I'm imperfect, and I don't know. There's all degrees, but just that <laughs> feeling of wellness—that this is okay. All is well in the world. 
that's the fear. Or not being not being enemies. <laughs> yes. 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 That yeah. that would be good. <laughs> progress. That. That's progress. I don't wish you were dead. That's great. Yeah. Exactly. You want to have this feeling of hey, you know, this is. It's just it's a feeling of wellness. That's the only way I can yeah. put it. But it doesn't mean you have to be best friends, or you know that could be. No. That could yeah. actually be limiting in in a lot of ways, and then you can't move on. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, you know, here we are right at the end of the show. What am I going to do with you, Courtney? <laughs> I want to read your human. Can we read your human? So people yeah, you know, about? I, I can yeah. bring you, I can hold you over if you don't have an appointment, um, if, if Wait, you let's like. Wait, let's do it. Let's go for Oh, yeah, it. we can, can go into overtime. Okay, hold on, live audience. If you want to listen to overtime live, I'm going to give you instructions, and you got to do it now before <laughs> the show goes down. you got three minutes. <laughs> you got to call. <laughs> 310-807-5104 and get on the teleconference line. So if you want to listen live, call 310-807-5104 and listen on the line. Or just listen after we're done because it will be right out there and you can hear the rest of the conversation. And um, just a quick note to live audience, those of you who are leaving us, um, we'll be back on on Thursday, same time, noon Pacific, with Deborah Silverman, and that'll be another fun show. So, but stay with us. Um, okay, now we can continue. Yes, we were going to have fun <laughs> with your book, and we still have okay. time. I have time um, okay, cool. because we kind of had an idea before this show that we were just going to explore <laughs> random passages in your book. Yeah, cool. So I like that. this is going to be fun. So awesome! So I'll read the meme so that people some you yeah, know, I, I like start to with that everyone's read it. But okay, so yeah, and, it goes and, like yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, dear human, you've got it all wrong. You didn't come here to master unconditional love. That is where you came from, and where you'll return. You came here to learn personal love, universal love, messy love, sweaty love crazy love, broken love, whole love, infused with divinity, lived through the grace of stumbling, demonstrated through the beauty of messing up often. You didn't come here to be perfect. You already are. You came here to be gorgeously human, flawed and fabulous, and then to rise again into remembering. But unconditional love, stop telling that story. Love, in truth, doesn't need any other adjectives. It doesn't require modifiers. It doesn't require the condition of perfection. It only asks that you show up and do your best, that you stay present and feel fully, that you shine and fly and laugh and cry and hurt, and heal, and fall, and get back up, and play, and work, and live, and die as you. It's enough, plenty. And there you go. That is the heart of Courtney that many of you know. And I love how that is wrapping up the live show. You just timed that. Perfectly, our spirit did for those Great. listening live, and 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 I know that many people have heard this. As I've said, um, you know, 
I heard it without knowing who it came from. It for I I honestly had heard a lot of people just heard it. You know, yeah. it's just out there in the yeah, in the consciousness. It's out there. Um, so I'm lucky kind of, enough. That, yeah. Yeah. The book it is so fancy. It has its own website now through Findhorn, yeah. and it is www dot dear d e a r dash human dot com, and then my personal website, it, where people can book uh, retreats and sessions and stuff, is squeezing the stars all one word squeezing the stars dot com. So that's how people find me. I know that the work is out there and everything, but then people do sort of channel and funnel back through. So I like to give them a little info on yeah, how to do that. Yeah, I'm sure those are, those are up on the podcast. The Dear Human one is up there when they click on it, but I, I somehow don't have Squeezing the Stars up there. So I'm going to get it up on the page um, after the show so that people can click on it and, and go there. But, um, yes, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, you expanded upon this meme and, and and you know what I always believe people will say that you know as I say that it's not even true you were already expanded around this meme <laughs> I Thank think it's the thing is that it I came that. from from you it, it's a piece that of a puzzle that has always been there um, and and it didn't really start there but somehow you opened up it, it was like opening up the fabric of something and it just I'll say that because when I read it, Susan, when I read it, I shake. You know how the Quakers just, it, would, you know, the Quakers quake yeah. and the face or, or of the God shakers. or the spirit or whatever. <laughs> they used to yeah, shake. Yeah, the shakers yeah. and the Quakers. And yeah, 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 I do. I actually physically shake. Or, you know, when you get chilled yeah. or whatever. Every time I sweat, uh-huh. I get like this incredible, uh-huh. powerful, physical experience from reading it. I would so. wager a lot of us can't even remember when we first heard that. I can't remember. I saw it. I mean, I saw it somewhere. Um, yep. And, you know, it took me forever to even associate it with you, Courtney. I mean, I know that sounds I know. Good, Somebody but that's put kind it of the way it is because yeah. you were just Somebody, out there as a Facebook person. Um, Somebody that, put it out there without my name on it. That's how that Yeah, and, and I know that's yeah. not particularly good, yeah, but yeah. in a way there's something about it. It, it just transcends. You know identification, and and you know that it went it went out just all over, and so so people know it, and yeah. and you know how do we? I, I think sometimes we can resist it a little bit because we we have these notions. I mean, we can start with that to to reflect upon. I think part of the reason it caught people's attention is mm-hmm. because it has that perfect balance of a little bit of resistance and acceptance and oh yes but wait a second all at the same time all of it because there's a part of you that wants to say but wait a second i believe in unconditional love okay (laughs) and and then there's a part of you that says but wait a second it's right it is messy it is this it is this it is and so it's that beautiful balance of why did we come to earth and you always say you came from unconditional you don't deny that unconditional love exists and and there's something in your book where you talk about how even to say that love is unconditional is to place a condition on it that is a really profound thing 
to say that. That's it. Why do we have to put the condition of it being unconditional on it? Boom. That's, and you just negated yourself by saying it's unconditional love. It's divine love. It's the best kind. It's the purest, freest, truest kind. No, come on now. <laughs> and I've had, you know, the people say to me, but I've experienced unconditional love. I said, that's awesome. I'm sure you have. Now, let's d- drill it down just for a minute. If that person who loved you, you suddenly murdered their best friend or mother or that you became a pedophile, how unconditional would their love be? Right? Well, so it depends. I we mean, there all, are those who have... forgive. I mean, you know, oh, you can true. find that place. There's true. That's true. And then what I mean but... by that is that you don't then withhold your love. You, you judge the behavior, not the person. I get that. But my point is there are conditions that everything needs to thrive, even love. Every you know, every plant needs conditions to thrive. Every person, every being, every molecule needs certain conditions to thrive. Yeah. You know, you're you're hitting on something here. You're really getting me to think about something here, Courtney. <laughs> First of all, I think that you've captured the paradox. There, It, it is a paradox in a way. And so that's why it's yes. hard for people to dance around it. Yes. But there yes, is exactly. something about just floating this concept constantly of unconditional love, which if used in the wrong way can lead yes. to very unsatisfying, um, um, disempowering yeah. situations yes. because there's just yes. this feeling of, but wait a second, you know, I, I have to love unconditionally, you know, and there's a difference between loving, you know, you know, as a parent, for example, you know, if something ever goes wrong, you know, every, every mother says, you know, if something, happen well I don't even want to use that as I have to throw it outside of myself but but just you know you always have this this feeling of you could you could you're always going to love your child for example or yeah or you're mm-hmm. always you know and and maybe in relationships in particular bringing it back to that is we can become very dysfunctional if we essentially get trampled upon too much you know because of this notion of 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 um, idealizing no conditions. If if you get yeah. you know, there's it can really yeah, get out of balance. The minute, yeah, for me the minute it's a beautiful concept and it's a beautiful yes. truth that there is unconditional love. When it becomes yes. a should, I, you lose me. When it becomes a we should love unconditionally, now you've put a massive condition on it. <laughs> Huge. Well, any should is always going to be yes. that way. That is true. Yeah. So that's that's all I've ever meant. And when I say you've got it all wrong, people are like, well, I don't like being told that I'm wrong. Well, I'm actually <laughs> utilizing that in a very consciously tongue-in-cheek way of having you always been told you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong about this, that, or the other, and made wrong, and aren't people always making themselves and others wrong? What if we use that as, hey, the only thing you've got wrong is that you're getting it wrong? <laughs> Isn't that well, a liberation? And, and- you know, I have to tell you, Courtney, I don't think it would have taken off in the way it did if yeah. it didn't have oh, that get under your skinness. Yeah. <laughs> That's a There's way to put something. It. I know exactly it what you're saying. It does. It's like, you know, it, it's I think tell, you know, it's, millions it's of people paradox. are arguing with me in their head. I know. Like 50 million people like are like, that's genius. I hate it. I love it. I need it. I want it. It's amazing. It's, it's truth. It's bullshit. You know, they go through the gamut with it for sure. Yeah. As, like, as did I human. and as do I. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. Sure. It, it, it's, it's the paradox right there. 
And so, yeah. and I can tell you, and and one of the the things we were going to play with 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 your book was opening to different pages because I will tell you, you know, it, <laughs> it can there it flows. This book flows in in many 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 ways, and so so as you're reading it, it's like you might stop and say, "What did I just read?" <laughs> You know, then you go back, and it's kind of like the meme again. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I see that, but then, you know, what do I think about this? You know, I love books that help us, you know, does that resonate? Does that kind of resonate? Or or then there can be just, a, oh, yes, 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 you know, yes, yes, that page, that page, you know. And, and, and then, but then there's the other of, huh. You know, I never really thought of it that way, or or it could even be. Oh no, 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 not that one. (laughs) (laughs) And and if you've done that, you've accomplished a lot in one book. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that's that's a really great review. So go put it on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I would put that one in words. <laughs> but um, this book will make but, you absolutely crazy, insane, and healthy, and and you know wild. <laughs> well, it's just a free flow of you, and and very few yes. people have the the courage to do that truthfully. I mean, it is true that, um, I mean, it takes guts. To flow like that, I have um, to give a shout out to Findhorn that they allowed that voice to stay intact because it was actually being considered by some pretty heavy duty, big name of the game level publishers who wanted it to be almost repackaged as a how to or cookie cutter, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And I, I couldn't do it, and it would be like watching somebody, you know, dismantle your child in front of you or something. Yeah. So, yeah. so Findhorn was very lovely in the way they edited it and kept my voice freshly intact and really didn't do much to it. It came through in these full transmissions, and and Finhorn really respected the the energy of that, and they understood the magic of that. So I have to really appreciate and give kudos to them for that because that's yeah. You know, you go with a smaller publisher, sometimes you think you're rolling the dice and taking a risk, and these other big publishers were saying, we're going to get you on Super Soul Sunday and and TED Talks, and, and you get really mystified and caught up in that. And I know I, I have still haven't let go of those goals or dreams or thoughts because that would be great. Um, but the smaller publisher, you get more of the, you know, one-on-one attention and the someone who goes, I get you, I got this, we got this, let's do this. And they may not have the same resources, you know, of some of the bigger houses, but if somebody gets you and your voice and your energy and your mission and your purpose and they want to be a part of it, that's when you do roll up your sleeves and say, okay, let's do this together. Like I will be in on the, on the, you know, marketing and on the promotion and on the getting it further into the world. I hit these walls with that sometimes, honestly, because I used to be in marketing and PR for many years myself. And so to be the product and the, person and the talent that's now being put out there I get a little um, antsy because I you know had worked with some pretty high level clients and projects and things like that so I you know I was on strategic teams where they had big budgets and they had you know very specific visions and goals and and so this is way more like it has its own vision and goal and I'm along for the ride as is everybody else who's on my team so I'm very appreciative and I challenge myself and all of us and they're probably rolling their eyes at you know, some of the things I bring to them and then other times I think they're jumping up and down and, and we're all on that journey together and we're all very human. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I I think yeah. having 
having dealt with so many authors, I've had so many authors who've flowed through here, and some of them meant, you know, some have. They've done the Simon and Schuster, or, you know, yep. um, the, yep. the big, the big. And you know what I've seen, Courtney, is that I think that over the course of a career, first of all, um, the fact that the nature of what this is, and I'm holding your book up in my hand, nobody can see this, is the free flow of your own voice is key yes. to this work. Yes. And yes. to shut that down um, yeah. would violate the work. I, I mean, it I would agree. be a kind of yeah. violation. And so, I agree. Yeah. I, and I think you have to get into it to to feel that. But that doesn't keep you from, at some point, you know, doing what you might think of as a workbook kind of thing. You know, that may be your your Simon and Schuster or whatever bigger publisher, or whatever. Um, work and you know you got to say it does have a life of its own. It's not easy to make library journal, for example, and that's that's cool. I mean, I'm pretty sure Publishers <laughs> Weekly, one of those. I know it made one of them. Publishers, Maybe it was Weekly, Publishers yeah. Weekly. Yeah, cool. yeah, I mean, some yeah, of those cool. you don't you don't get. Yeah, it was Publishers Weekly. I think I saw it yeah. fly by. Um, and so, well, I'd love to um, develop it more. Yeah, into like um, curricula right now. So uh-huh. I do feel like there will be more. It'll have more incarnations and iterations and more. Um, drilling it down into the concepts because you know one of the things that I'm excited about is is the college circuit and that it's going to be included in the FYE the first year experience catalogs for freshmen in colleges all over the country so to me to think that somebody who's like 18 19 is going to read this book and it might save them 20 years of therapy is like so cool I love that yeah to me that's like that's gold you know I, I think what's what's good about this kind of work, and it's too bad we don't see more of it, truthfully. And I think many many people um, have, you know, maybe their private writings may flow this way, but whether they've actually put it out, um, and you see some examples in in history um, of people flowing with their with their writing, is it can cause. It doesn't say we all need to be uniform. You don't say. I mean, you have things you say about life that that you see but you don't you don't expect everybody to be uniform and and I think we see that too much sometimes is that um you want people to reflect freely upon it um yeah. you invite that and that was true of the original meme is that yeah. that's what I say with the the paradoxical nature and just the you know just you want people to reflect I mean, you don't want do. people to want just read to that have, sentence and yeah. say, oh, yeah, yeah, and then throw it away. No, <laughs> I, I want them to kind of chew on the ideas, and I want them to come through their own filters with it and their own awarenesses with it. And maybe it strips away some of their early conditioning, and maybe it gives them relief and peace, or maybe it makes them itchy or squirmy, and maybe it does all of the above. And I do. I want them to have their own experience with it, for sure. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, and I feel yeah. you invite that. So, yeah. so yeah, at this point in the show, I'm not sure. I mean, we can do with it whatever you like. We can, we can look <laughs> in in parts of your book, or or we can, you know, we can we can do whatever you feel guided to do right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you decide because we could do that. We could do a couple of fun, just opening the book and see where where it goes. We probably won't flow with that too long, but um, you know, we can do whatever you feel guided. Because in some ways, I feel some closure like we're really gosh we've had a good talk but on the other hand i feel like you know maybe we should open the thing <laughs> let's do it why don't you, you pick it? a passage susan yeah well i'm it. not going to pick one I'm just, well i'm just going to open it okay just open the book at random that's what i mean yeah 
Okay. I just I just opened it. Okay. Um, all right, I can read this whole I'm just gonna read this whole this whole page. Um What page are you on? I'm on um ninety eight. And also okay. I guess we could say ninety nine. Um Okay. And actually, cool. I kind of like what's on the beginning of of ninety nine. So I mean, I'm on okay. I'm on both. But I, I okay, <laughs> I'm just going to be I'm going to read what I'm guided to read because the very first sentence I saw was the yeah. best definition I ever heard of humility is being fully soft, open, and available to all of your feelings, all yeah. of them. Emotions <laughs> are love's GPS. It is actually prideful to go around trying to be humble or telling other people to be humble or to be kind or compassionate or to be more loving, that is truly the height of shaming arrogance to judge or try to manage, improve emotions without actually feeling them. Our feelings are holy, all of them. There isn't one that is ugly, bad, dirty, or shameful. Rejecting or repressing them will make you ill. I'll just read to the end of this paragraph. Feeling, expressing them in safe ways will keep you well. Projecting them at others causes chaos. It happens all the time in looping patterns until we agree to become humble to our own, in capital letters, emotions. To be willing to feel is to move out of suffering and into our full range of feelings and the information they hold. Until we do that, we are unconscious slaves. When we start, we become free. Mm. I like that one. That's the one I needed to hear today, so good job. Yeah, me too. I actually needed to hear that one, too. I bet there's a bunch of people that needed to hear that one out there. And that's how we do it. Across time, I can feel it reverberating. Cool. You know, yeah, that's a good one. Stuff, it's really is channeled material, I'll be very honest. Yeah. And so it comes yeah. through me. It comes to me because I need it the most, and it comes through me because I'm available to it. And then so when I go back and or somebody reads a piece to me or I reread stuff, I'm fresh to it just like anyone else is. And so I get moved or, you know, have questions or I want to know more. And then I, the bonus for me is I can go into meditation and get more answers. <laughs> Yeah, but it's really to me. I want to give myself some little bit of credit here. Of I'm glad I was chosen for it, and I'm glad I I was cooperative component to the process because it's it's what I need. It's what I need. Any of these things, and what I have a real pet peeve. I will be honest about when people are out there putting preachy fortune cookie, you know, cookie cutter bland memes out, and they're not putting any of themselves into it. They're not putting any of their personality, any of their energy, any of their history or their story or what they're struggling with. If you can't put your own me into the spiritual advice, it just comes off preachy and arrogant and obnoxious, I think. And if you're talking in generic terms rather than specific to here's how I walked with this, here's how I held this, here's how this showed up for me, I don't think people trust you. I think they just feel like, you know, you may have some wisdom, you're sitting on a cloud and you're dispensing, but if you don't put yourself in the mix, it's just flat to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that that um, people really, it, it, and, and boy, I'll raise my hand first in that you you step into it a step at a time. 
in a way. And, you know, something that I think I see a lot, Courtney, is that um, there can be a kind of, I want to use, you know, we, we talked about, I don't know, I'm thinking of the Shakers, although this is really the Puritans in a way, a kind of shunning. I, I don't know how yeah. to explain this. And it, it's it's in our heads, too. Yes. Is this yes. feeling of, and in fact, I haven't done this, so I wrote a blog post a long time ago when I was going through a hard time, something about, you know, I'm okay, you're okay, I think I called it, in the sense that we have to just keep repeating that to each other, that, oh, yes. you know, it's all yes. okay, it's all okay. And so we just keep sweeping under the rug, sweeping under the rug, sweeping under the rug, the things that make us human. And... Mm. um and we need to stop that because we do this in the spiritual community a lot. Now, I will say that there are those of us who put out affirmations to ourselves a lot of times just to remind us to, to feel, you know, and then we don't put the reason that we put it up. And so it can seem preachy when we're really just reminding ourselves, hey, yes, you know, yes. um, because but it really is good. It really is quantum. It really is. There is yes. heaven, and you yes. really can yes. keep rediscovering it. Yeah. But there's also this notion of being human and feeling and and having those those days that aren't as easy and 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 they can be magical at the same time and somehow we need to get around that more and you do this honestly but not all of us um, bring that out openly you know we may be processing I'm, I'm just some things to, privately I'm just trying to role model yeah I'm just trying to role yeah. model emotional safety with that because I found that. When I came out, you know, after my first book and I would start in conversations with people who I normally wouldn't, you know, open myself to. And I started just kind of doing my two-minute elevator pitch of what the book was about. It's like, oh, it's about my suicide attempt and my subsequent hospitalization and recovery. And I had shock therapy. And it was a really dark time for me, but I came out of it really strong and powerful and knowing much more who I am and what I need and also softer. And people would yeah. go, oh, my God. And they, I could see them. It was like with dear humans. I could see the emotions flip-flop and flash across their face, like, like you know, flipping through TV channels. Like, do I feel sorry for this person? Am I inspired by this person? See? Is that amazing see? that you just overshared? Or do I feel really uncomfortable? <laughs> do I feel really inspired that now I can open up my heart? And invariably, yeah. that would be like a two-second process. And they'd be like, oh, my God, I've struggled with that. Or my niece has. Or my cousin. Or my father. Or I had something similar. And so when you open up and you share something about you that's deeply personal and maybe that you think is going to be, you know, make someone uncomfortable or be ugly or shamey, they suddenly either feel like they're given an opportunity. They can move away from you and be like, that was too much. I can't handle it. Or they're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so relieved that I can be real with you, that you're safe. Right. You're a safe person. So right. I found that over and over and over and over again, that it gave people permission and it was an invitation for them to open their hearts too. Yes. You know, you just said something that I want to capture a little bit because, you know, why are we so afraid, Courtney, of the first type of person? Why? What is it that trains us to be so afraid of, of an ugly and those person? people that exist, the, the, the one that's just yeah. going to walk away or do the shunning, you know, or the judging or whatever. And, and you know, deep down, well, I think many of us have a fear of that. And, and and why do we need to care? I mean, truthfully, don't we want no, to capture the the others? Yeah, it's <laughs> hardwired. It's, it's yeah. hardwired in your abandonment and rejection centers. So for you, uh-huh. for us, emotionally, that's annihilation. 
yeah. annihilation. So it's a it's 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 an invalid fear like like our fight or flight or freeze where we used to be chased by tigers, and yet it's still hardwired in the emotional body. So that's yeah. that's not going to go away that we care what other people think on some level because we to be rejected by the tribe meant death, right? So right. to be exiled from from the family or the tribe or the the community meant isolation and death. So we, in some ways, our body thinks that's a legitimate and valid fear, even if our psyche and our spirit and our heart and our mind, our higher mind, know better. So we have to override that, to override it. The shame, the fear of um, this person won't like me or respect me or get me. And we have to override it by consistently being open and vulnerable and wearing that heart and that sleeve and being, you know, squishy and, you know, we're not really in an overshare time anymore because everybody's transparent and authentic. And so it's kind of much more common and, and um, understood. Now that said, I do think we can have a private life too. And it's important that we have things that we hold close to ourselves and keep sacred. But um, I'm just, I am more of an open book and that's who I came here to be. And I used to really feel badly about that. And now I actually feel very relieved about it. Because yeah. if you like that, awesome, let's play. If you don't, thank you for playing and wish you well, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have to say, as much as we don't want to let it weigh us down um, as baggage that we can never escape or, or something, and actually there's one passage in your, your book I think you talk about, you know, people who who come from real indoctrinated backgrounds, for example. And and I know you, yeah. you mentioned you had some Catholic in there, and, and I had a lot of fundamentalist Christianity in mind. And, and, and what you seem to advise people is, is, you know, it's like you can see it, but you, we have to work through always. There's a tendency as a ex-fundamentalist, as I am, although I never really, it never really took, but, you know, whatever, yeah. to blame it, to say, oh, you know, it's because I was indoctrinated as a child or brainwashed or whatever. And even though really you weren't, you know, I mean, I was the kid who wandered off to the mountain when I was supposed to be, you know, listening at Bible camp. And I knew that, you know, I knew I was not accepting some things. And so, so, so anyway, I mean, but we have a tendency to use that, and it is true. There can be judgment, and but you know, it's not even just that too. There can be heartbreak. Too. I mean, sometimes we're sensitive. I think yeah. um, about those around us, and we don't want to, you know, break their hearts completely. I mean, we have to live our own lives. You got to be careful. But there's sort of a balance. I don't know. This is a complicated topic, but I think. Um, well, one can of I get, get in there yeah. for one second off Please that one? Because you got a really Please good, do. you opened up an awesome portal for, for some great understanding there and discovery. So I know so. this woman, she's awesome. She's been a spiritual mentor to me for years. And she talks about how it's all energy and form, and we impose story on it and meaning. And so then uh-huh. there's programs of the, the, the human race has been programmed. That is legitimate. So that means that we do have free will and we do choose which programs and themes karmically to work out each time we incarnate. However, we are pushing against um, some other outside forces that we have to work out internally. It's a weird combination of, um, you know, whether you want to call it astral or cosmic or celestial or ancestral or whatever labels we put on it, different energies out there that 
benevolently have our backs and than others that, that don't really want to see us thrive as a, as a race. So uh-huh. it's energy and form. And so yeah. our goal, if, you know, if it's a game and there's rules and there's a goal, the end game is we want to evolve and become conscious enough and be in love and light and drop fear and perfectionism and all these things that get us back to our core knowing and our and, and merging with our higher self or our double or our spirit or our um, back to that unified field where it's all, you know, energy. Then we move through these programs and we shed them and we, we replace that with more light, more energy, more love, more freedom, more flow. And this is an ongoing process that not only are we going through individually, but also collectively, and that the entire evolutionary leap of the species is everything we've talked about in this chat and so much more. We've really touched yeah. the tip of the iceberg. So yeah. when you talk about, I wasn't really programmed. I don't want to play the victim and say that it was my childhood that made me this way. I hear that. Right. And I want to say right. that actually kind of, yes, you were. <laughs> and <laughs> it's okay that you don't yeah. have to make that a victim story, but you can be aware of it and notice when you're in your program. So there's a, who do you think you are program? There's a, um, don't be so selfish program. There's a, you, you're not so freaking special program. There's, you know, you see, these are the things that hinder us from that. What I love Marion Williamson says, our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, it is that we are powerful beyond measure because then what do you do? If you know you're powerful beyond measure, you can't stay in a stagnant marriage and you can't sit in a cubicle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we have to, have loving, firm, sovereign accountability and responsibility without the blame or the fear or the shame of, you know, yes, I'm powerful beyond measure, and why am I not living up to my potential? It's not that. It's not that at all. It's like you said when we post the affirmations or when we help, you know, we want to have give helpful reminders to ourselves and others that, hey, you're in the illusion. Get out of there. Get out of there. Yeah. Not helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I, I totally get that. And, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I guess um, I think we come to peace with our own, um, I, you know, I'm not quite sure how to put this, because I guess I wouldn't say, you're right, I would fully admit that 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 there are all these little stories that we've had imposed on us or whatever in the past that, that we can choose to yeah. step out, but yet still know they have, and I would say that. But I think there's a part of us that is always free, maybe, that says, but wait a second, yes. I don't know if I ever really yes. accepted that. And yes. there's an incredible yes. freedom in finding yes. that little yes. peace. In yes. saying, oh, I know that. it's burdening. Yes. It's both. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. both. You got it. And, and there I, it is. You, yep. you just said it, and it really helped me, honestly, Courtney, because there's, I wasn't really characterizing it accurately either. It's like, I know deep down, yes, it had an impact on me. I've talked about I've written... I've written so much privately about how much it impacted me, and it really had a huge impact on my awakening. But at the same time, it's that other piece of that part that was always, in fact, okay, I need to do this because there's a next page here that I just Wait, so before we go there. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It can impact us, and it does, but it doesn't have to limit us. Right. You see? So that's the key you know, nugget from that one. Okay, so you want to go to the monkey mind banana thing? Well, I don't know if I want to spend too much time on it, but except for this okay. one part, you talk about okay. these, there's just three words, really, the wild and free, untamed yeah. and crazy. How 
how you know this this is here and and I think if you look um and I'm not even going to read that whole passage, but just those words jumped out at me that you mm-hmm. feel that for all the way back to your childhood, I think everybody listening today can feel that untamed uh ah, you know, how can you even put it into words? That child that once was and still is. Yes, and it, perfect. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And if mm. you can capture that in everything, you know, you talk about um, sexuality. We didn't talk too much about that little today. But, you know, if you capture mm-hmm. it in that, in your being, in your work, in your passion, and just, you know, what we're doing now, just, you know, flowing, um, you know, then you're there. I mean, it's heaven. I feel it right now. I just tingle. I just had a tingle from head to toe. I mean, and that's <laughs> how I know, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So fun. So, yeah. so, so, so really, like, what I would just say to wrap up for people is to not get too heady with this stuff, you know, and, and yeah. in the intro of the book, I even talk about, hey, you don't be throwing potato puffs across the dinner table over this stuff, okay? Just chill out. And yeah. to just have fun with the material, it is one of those kind of books you can keep and pick up and read a passage at random, or you can sit and read it all the way through and, and engage with different pieces of it and go back and reread things. It's it's really meant to be, as you said, an experience. It's different than a linear book because it's got totally nonlinear concepts and thoughts and ideas and energies, and it's very coded with love. This whole book yeah. is very much my soul and my spirit and my heart and my love for the planet really embedded in it for sure yeah yeah well thank you courtney for thank you sharing your heart here and in the book (laughs) and just being you and and i'm i'm so happy to to encounter you having encountered you on facebook before a long time ago which is i don't know how you just kind of randomly showed up many years ago on facebook and I'm just, yeah, you just have a way of flowing, <laughs> I think. But but I'm really thankful to to get Thank to you. know you a bit better um, and you. have you That's share fun. here today and have the listeners get to know you. So thank Yay! you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. Thank you so much. Anyway, I like having the extra bit of time. That actually helped me kind of not feel so squished into yeah. that, you know, well, half hour, one hour format. But it's great. It all yeah. is always what it needs to be. Yeah. Cool. You know, that's why I love this format. I can do it at any time and have it go not as long as I want, but longer, and it just flows, and, and it's free. Perfect. And, and that's the purpose. And, and now it'll be a podcast for those listening in the future. Um, welcome across Excellent. time. <laughs> just waiting Yay, to thank you. Yay. <laughs> Thanks for being here, and enjoy. And, and by then, Me who too. knows how many books they're reading by you, Courtney. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And, and maybe that. even a book by me at some point. And yes, who knows get it what, going, girl. And by them, what books are they working yeah. on out there across that's time? Right. Go get your sharing own books their going, soul. ladies and gents. That's right. Yep, um, yep. And, and yep. so so again, thanks so much for being here. And I remind Thank everyone, you. I will put it on the page so you'll see it, but squeezingthestars.com, right? That's the main, yep. the main site. That's my personal and, one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Has, yeah, All right. Is dear-human.com. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. And it'll be really interesting to see how things flow from here, what you have coming up next. Um, cool stuff. Because we just keep stuff. opening up. Yes, Wonderful. it does. <laughs> so cool. Thank you so much. Uh, have a All wonderful right. day. Take care.
Okay. Okay, just a quick show note for those of you listening rather quickly to this show, um, even though we, um, and those of you in the live audience who are still listening, um, another reminder that the show will be back on on Thursday, and I better double-check the time. Yes, yes, it is at the same time, because it's true, this is a free-flowing show, so it can be at different times, but usually it's 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And we do have Deborah Silverman coming on, and she is going to talk about her new book, The Missing Element, which is another Finhorn Press book. And we're going to talk about compassion. And Deborah's really interesting. She's had this interaction with Sting and... Um, but it's not just that. There's just she has um, some wisdom to share with us as well. So that is Thursday coming up, 12 p.m. Pacific. So thank you everyone for being here. FrontierBeyondFear.com is the place to find the archive. Um, over five years of shows, and if you feel led to support this show, it's listener supported. There is a way to do that there, and energetic support is welcome, however you feel led. But FrontierBeyondFear.com is your gateway to future shows and those that have come before. So thanks, everyone. I will see you next time.